Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, everybody. Today is Saturday, what is it, July 22nd, 2017, and this is The Secret Math of Money, where we discuss all the things you should have been taught in high school but weren't. So let's get started. First of all, thank you all for tuning in again. I appreciate it. I appreciate the love, but always I appreciate everything. Uh, if you have any questions during the, during the podcast, if you're listening live, you can call them at, three, at 347-202-0929. Or if you're on Facebook Live, you can hit me here or here, just wherever, however your screen is oriented. You can send a, a note, and I will try to answer it. Good morning, uh, Gwen and Kevin. Thank you for tuning in again. So this week, I got two topics. It's credit versus debit and insurance investing. They're totally unrelated topics. I got two of them this week because I didn't think uh, when I was doing the research, I didn't know if I could hold, if, if either of them could hold a whole, whole show by themselves. But I may be wrong because as I started getting more into it, uh, there's a lot of stuff here. So we'll get as far as we can. If we have to do a part two, we'll just do a part two. But again, if you have any questions during the show, please feel free to uh, hit me up. I'll start with a simple one first because the insurance, good morning, my man. The simple um Insurance investing, I mean, using your insurance policy as an investment vehicle, it gets really complicated. So we'll start with the simple, which is debit versus credit. Now, a lot of people have a credit, have a debit card for their, their bank, and it's got a Visa logo or MasterCard logo or whatever, which means you can use it in store. You can either you can use it as a debit card or where credit cards are accepted, you can, sometimes you can use it as a credit card. Big differences in what you're using it for. Big difference in how it's accounted for. If you're using it as a debit card, it's coming right out of your account. So if you ain't got the money, you ain't buying it. It's going to be declined. If you use it as a credit card, you're borrowing money. Understand it. You're borrowing money. Okay. Credit cards, some of them give you the option of using what? If you're borrowing money, like a credit card, you got fees. You got all kinds of things you have to be aware of. I found a nice chart, which I won't show you because it's really small print, but it breaks out some of the differences I'll try to go through. The credit card, yeah, again, you're using – if you use your debit card as a credit card, you're using it as you're, – you're borrowing money. So if you have $500 in, in your uh, bank account, but you got a $2,000 credit limit, use it as a credit card, and you can buy up to $2,000 worth of stuff. But again, you're going to get a bill into the month. You're going to be charged interest because you are taking out a loan. Okay, every time you swipe a credit card, you are taking out a loan. Okay, a debit card, if you ain't got the money in the bank, you ain't buying it. Real simple. Okay, uh, the application process is some things. The application process is just like regular credit card for a credit card. Your, your, your credit history and all that comes into play. Debit cards, they'll usually give you pretty much free because it's backed by your own account. Now, recently I had to um, help my, uh, my son set up a, a, an account, and we got a debit card for him. And one of the things they asked us in that process was, what should we do if he doesn't have the funds available to make a purchase? And I said, oh, we'll float you the money. I said, no, no, you won't, not, not, not in this lifetime, because they float you that money at 3 o'clock, and probably at 3.01, they're charging you interest on it. Um, the way I set it up, the reason I use a debit card for 99.3% of my purchases is because I ain't got the money, I ain't buying it. Now, sometimes things happen. You know, you got to rent a car. Here's the thing. When you rent a car, if you have to rent a car, and if you try to use a debit card, 
lot of places they want your they want your um, last pay stub. They want oh gosh your your utility bill. They want all kinds of stuff for a debit card. The credit card put it right through. So that's one other difference. Uh, spending limit again. Credit card spending limit is whatever the the company has said you can use. With a debit card, your spending limit is whatever you got in the bank, whatever the account is it's connected to. Security. Um, credit cards usually are not very secure in the standpoint of, of you know somebody steal your account. Now here's what I do on my on my debit card also on my credit card. Instead of signing the back of my card, I put please ask for ID. Okay, first of all, you really know if somebody's actually flipping it over and looking for a signature. That's the first thing. A lot of people don't, believe it or not. And the second thing, if somebody flips it over and says, oh, let me see your ID, I'll show them my picture ID. If somebody takes my card, they most likely, or if they recreate my card, they most likely don't have my driver's license or a picture ID. So I put, please ask for ID instead of signing my credit cards and my debit cards. Okay, it's a little thing I do. But from a security standpoint, uh, the cash apps that are connected to your checking debit account. Okay, yep, Kevin, I think it's interesting. It was use of these new, yep, the cash apps. Um, think that, that's a good point, Kevin, because now a lot of people have these apps on their phone. Um, Groupon is one I use. Yeah, it's connected to your account or, 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 or a credit card. A lot of these apps make it very easy to spend money. Um, oh, just click a button. Boom, I spent the money. Uh, those are connected to your accounts. Uh, so, you know, even PayPal, you know, it's connected to your account. Um, and your checking account or your debit account or whatever. So even though it's real simple to do, um, you're paying money. So that's, that's a good point, something you always definitely need to be aware of, particularly because as time goes on, we're getting more and more uh, these nice apps in our phones that allow us to spend money freely. Uh, like I said, I'm a I'm a Groupon guy. You know, I look stuff on Groupon, but there's a lot of apps that make it. You know, even in Groupon, when I buy something, it never because I've already put my credit card in there. It's already remembered me. It won't come back and ask me, "Hey, what's your uh, what's your uh, credit card account we want to use for this?" So that's a good point. That's something to be aware of. Hey, Stacy. Okay, so uh, again, security. Uh, when, you, when it's a debit card, you got a pin. Use it. When it's a credit card. There's no pin. Just swipe it and keep it moving. Now they got the chip where you put it up. Yeah, I'm not even going to get into that. Fraud liability. Here's a very interesting difference in credit versus debit cards. When you get to talking about fraud liability, with a credit card, if somebody steals your credit card, you are only liable usually for a maximum of $50, and usually nothing if you report it. Um, or if somebody tries to use your card and they call you and say, hey, you're in the Bahamas trying to buy a boat, and they're like, no. I say, okay, thank you. You're liable for nothing. With a debit card, they took your money. See, the way the laws work, the bank's money is protected. <laughs> okay, let's be real. So it, it is weird, you know, but if they, took, if they get your debit card and they go into your account, they took your money. And then you got to prove that a, you, know, you didn't give the person authorization to use your card. You didn't give the person your card. Uh, it's going to take a long time probably to get it back. In the meantime, you out your money. So that's one of the big differences. I'm not saying you should use one of them. I'm just saying from a liability standpoint, that's one of the big uh, differences in a debit card versus a credit card, okay? Um, overdraft fees. Here's something. You... 
usually your credit card, if you use it as a credit card, you got a $2,000 limit. If you want to buy something for $2,200, they're just going to decline it. So you won't have an overdraft. Okay, you No, you just can't do it. Um, with your debit card, it's just like writing a check and bouncing a check, and they float you the money. And here's the crazy thing. You write a check, $50. You only got $45 in there. They may send that check back, but then they charge you $35. Well, wait, you didn't have 50 you know, where are you going to get that extra 35 from? And it's a real ugly cycle. It's like one little bounce check and cause you a lot of money, okay? Um, so anyway, that's, that's the overdraft issue. Credit cards, you don't have that because they can just shut you off. Nope, can't buy it. Um, debit card, hey, you know, you take your own money. You, you went over it. Um, and lastly, you know, from a security standpoint, uh, your debit card has a PIN you have to use. You have to put in your four-digit or six-digit PIN. The credit card is swipe and roll. So that's the difference when you can use your card both ways or if you have two cards. Once you use a debit card, once you use a credit card. Um, I heard one of the things with credit cards is it's, if you have to do a return, um, it's kind of easier to get your money back sometimes. Um, but, you know, check with your banks on that. So, um, so that's really the difference in, a, in, in the debit versus credit. You know, one is going into your account, one is taking out a loan. And understand you're taking out a loan. Okay, you're using that same card, but you got to look and see what, their, what interest rate you're going to be paying for that card. Okay? You might be paying 29% interest because you made one little change. You know, and all of a sudden you're getting a monthly bill for something versus uh, you just took it out of your account. Now, uh, it didn't, it's not really covered here, but sometimes you'll buy things and they'll say, you know, get the new store credit card, and it's um, no interest until 2020, okay? Um, my son doesn't even carry cash. His generation doesn't do that, and I understand this, but I feel because of this young people don't understand the value of money because it's just a number to them. What's your opinion? Um, good question, Kevin. Uh, I carry money. I mean, I don't have a lot, but I carry money. Um, this younger generation doesn't a lot of times, and I'll be honest, uh, the things I pay for in cash are very small things. I'm not one of those guys that keeps a wad of $200 in my pocket all the time. Uh, I literally probably keep $20 in my pocket because I have a debit card. Um, the thing about cash is untraceable. Not that you're doing anything that you've got to be worried about, but um, if somebody snatches your wallet, and you got a bunch of cash in it. Um, you know, you can call up the banks and get your credit card stopped. You can't get your cash back. You know, cash are like you know bearer bonds. Whoever owns, whoever bears them, owns them. Um, but you're right. The thing about the value of money, because now when you don't carry cash, when you don't have the greenbacks in your pocket, uh, you you it, it distorts your perspective on cash. Um, how many of y'all out there got kids and a debit card? I thought I was using my own money. Are you saying I'm borrowing money from my bank like a loan if I don't have a line of credit with my bank? Um, what I'm saying, Lenore, is if you have a card that can be used as either a debit or credit, like, you know, when you go to a, a merchant with your debit card, and Kevin, I'll get back to your question in a minute. You go, you, you go to a merchant and you put in your card and it says debit or credit. If you hit debit, it comes out of your account. And, you know, you pay for it right then. If you hit credit and your bank allows you to use that card as a credit, you're borrowing money. So that money won't come out of your account. 
you will get a bill at the end of the month. I don't have a line of credit. If you don't have a line of credit, um, if you have a Visa logo or MasterCard logo on your debit card, I would call the bank. Because sometimes they put those logos on it just for convenience because if a place says they accept Visa, oh, okay, you use Visa. But make sure if do you have the option of using your debit card as a credit card. You may have that option, and if you do, what is the interest rate? Because now you're talking strictly straight-up credit cards, straight-up just as a credit card. There's no debit not coming out of your account. It's just straight, I'm using this, I'm, I'm like an American Express or whatever. You're just using a credit card. So, um, again, you can call their 800 number usually all weekend, 24-7, and ask those questions. They'll, they'll tell you, oh, yeah, you have a, do have a line of credit, um, and this is how it works. If, or they might say, no, we just put the logo on there for, for convenience, and uh, if you, you can't use it as a, a credit card. So check with your bank, and they'll give you, they'll tell you what options you have, okay? Um, we're back to Kevin's question. I hope that answers your question, Lenore. Um, and thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. And, Kevin, back to your question about carrying cash. Um, again, when you don't have that seal, it, when, to, 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 um, to Lenore's uh, point, uh, using your credit card, debit card, if your kids look at you as an ATM machine, and how many people have that situation? Oh, they, mommy, daddy, go get some money. You go and you stick the card in, and money starts flying out, and it, boom. Or oh, mommy, daddy, I need this. And you swipe the card, and boom. They don't know where, how the money got in there, but they don't know how you're going to pay it back over the next six months or whatever. Um, when you have cash, the thing about cash, if all you got is cash, that's all you're buying. You're not going to overextend yourself because you ain't got any more money. Um, if when, when you, all you do is swipe and you don't have that, that, that understanding that, that though I can swipe for $10 or swipe for $100, it's the same, you don't get that feel. I would say with, with kids, with young people's generation, yeah, they don't like to carry cash. I would say encourage them to carry cash, but also to use cash sometimes because it, it, it gives you an understanding that, no, nah, these are not just digits on a, a – numbers on, on a piece of paper on a receipt. These, this is real money. Now, this is really something that I'm looking at. That that you know, I got a hundred dollars in my pocket. I can only spend a hundred dollars today. Okay, so I you know I encourage my son. He uses his debit card, but I also encourage him to to use cash just so he has a feel for it. Um, you know, um, some people you know you got your backup. Your kids are driving. Put twenty five dollars. I had twenty five dollars in the car somewhere. Why? You ever run out of gas? And you can't use your credit, whatever, but you got cash. Cash will buy you out of more situations than, than, than a credit card will, okay? So, um, so hopefully that answers both of your, your, your questions uh, and address your points. But as far as uh, Lenore, like I said, yeah, if, if they check with your bank and see if, they, if you can use that card as a debit card. If you can use it or as a credit card, if you can use it, then see what the terms are. So, Let's have any more questions on debit versus credit. Like I said, that topic, and we talked longer than I thought we would. I think we'd be talking about it for 15 minutes, but I appreciate the questions, as always. 
And uh, please feel free to ask any other questions you got. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Um, I enjoy the interaction. So the other topic, and this one came up because a friend of mine was um, talking about investing, and, and she was talking about using insurance as an investment vehicle. Um, we're talking about life insurance, okay, uh, health insurance, and other, there's all kinds of crazy stuff. Now, um, I meant to caveat at the beginning of the show, and I apologize I didn't. Consider this entertainment. I'm not a certified planner, certified financial planner, anything like that. This is not – this is the stuff I've researched, and I'm, and I'm relaying to you this is my opinion. So don't think that anything I say here on this show is gospel. You don't believe – I encourage you to not believe me. I encourage you to go and do the research for yourself. That's what I encourage you to do, okay? Uh, so anyway, to, to your point, my wife, who's a banker, tells me all the time that the banks are making money hand over fist and overdraft charges because they don't discipline because we don't discipline ourselves. You're absolutely right. Getting back to that point, um, when you use your, your debit card as a debit card and you overdraft, here's the thing, and I talked about it a couple of months ago. We did a show on um, – I forgot what the topic was, but I, looked at, I did some research on some of the big banks and how they make their money. And these banks, and I'm not going to throw any out under the bus individually, but if you look at their financial statements, they make a lot of money on fees. They make a lot of money on fees. One of the banks, and I'm not going to say what it is because they're big and I don't want them to get mad at me, um, their fee income was as much as their investment income. They were killing it, killing it, Okay. All of this goes back to one thing. It goes back to discipline. And if we get to the insurance, insurance it's about personal discipline. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to throw nobody in the bus because we've all been there, but we didn't have that personal discipline. Um, but when we don't keep track of our money, when we don't um, actively look at our money, what we have and know what we have, and we get hit with those overdraft fees, and, man, I'm going to tell you something. You know, like, like, like Kevin, like you said, your, your wife, she knows firsthand. She sees what people pay in overdraft fees. It's kind of like when people get into uh, – I read an article about title pawns, how people get caught up in their title pawns and they get backed up and they can never get themselves out of it, okay, because they just, they, they're stuck behind the eight ball, and every time they try to get out of it, it gets worse, Okay. You don't think it's a big deal. You might say, well, I only paid $35, you know, this month. Okay, that's, that hurts a little bit. But over the year, I wasn't that bad. I maybe only bounced two checks. It was $70. That's not that bad. I can, I can live with that. Think about a million of your fellow consumers doing that every month. This is the kind of fees that banks are raking in. They're not ripping you off. They're telling you up front, if you bounce a check, doggone it, this is what we're going to charge you. Boom. You want a bounce check? Go right ahead. But when the check bounce, we're going to hit you with this. The banks are not lying to you, people. I'm not sitting here trying to tell you that banks are ripping you off. They're not. They're pretty transparent, believe it or not, with a lot of their fees. People don't read them. It's just like the user agreements on software where it's like 88 pages. Yeah, 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 yeah. Except, okay, we all do it. I, you know, I do it too. I'm not going to lie. But we, if we got much self-personal uh, discipline, um, if we and Kevin, you said about discipline ourselves. If we got more personal discipline, a whole lot of things in our lives would be better. If you start thinking about, and I'm not trying to get off on a tangent, 
But if you think about how many things in our society function basically because people don't have any self-discipline. And it's like, oh, you can't do that yourself? We'll do it for you. We're going to charge you, but we're going to do it for you. Because you keep forgetting to do it. We'll take care of that. We'll do it for you. You think about how many things in our society are like that. If we have personal discipline, we'd get up 20 minutes earlier and make our cup of coffee. But because we don't, we go to Starbucks. Okay? Well, Starbucks, you know, I can't, I can't make Starbucks at home. You can get a Keurig. You can get a Keurig and you can get Starbucks packs. That cost a whole lot less than Starbucks because another person, ah, I don't feel like doing it. I just go get in line. And I'll sit in the driver. So many things about our society are, are based because we don't have personal discipline. That's, that's it. Okay, that's really what it comes down to. So, um, so anyway, we've got about nine, eight, nine minutes left, and I'm going to try to cover this insurance as an investment. But please feel free, any questions on, on credit versus debit, um, please feel free to ask. I mean, I can run over and do a follow-up show next week. But thank you, Kevin, and thank you, Lenore, for your, for your questions or your comments and for listening, and I truly appreciate it. Um, but I was saying earlier, um, insurance as an investment, the reason I talked about it because I had a friend who was looking at it. Now, with life insurance, you got whole life and you got, you got permanent. You got, you got term insurance, you got whole life. Two different kinds of insurance. Term insurance is basically you buy it and for 10 years you're covered. You, you, you pay on it for 10 years and 10 years it expires. And then boom, and then that 10 years, if you ain't dead, you don't get nothing back. But you are covered for that 10 or 20 year period. Okay? Um, permanent insurance is like, you know, people do that because they can lock in a rate now when they're young and healthy and then when they're 90, the rate won't change, you know, so you try to get that locked-in rate. And then with, with whole life insurance, um, you get the, the cash value buildup. That's where people start talking about investing because you can then take the withdrawals, you can borrow against the cash value um, without paying taxes on it. If you want to use some of the cash value insurance to go and, um, you know, pay for your kid's education or get a new car, things like that, and you can do that. This goes back to the same point we were making about uh, personal discipline. The reason they offer policies that have an insurance component and an investment, a cash value component, because they're basically telling you, we don't think you can invest on your own because you're not disciplined enough. It does take discipline. It does take discipline. If you have a 401K at work, see, okay, jumping around a little bit, and I apologize. Uh, if you – the thing with 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 a with a with a whole life policy, the investment portion. And I'm not going to get into the numbers because they get really nerdy. Um, you're building a cash value as you pay for that insurance. Um, your premium is going to be higher than a term policy because term policy is, is purely insurance. A whole life policy is insurance plus an investment. Now, as somebody in most cases, they probably won't guarantee you your return. You know, they say you can get. 7% or whatever. Understand this. If I told you to give me your money and I was going to guarantee you a return of X percent, 4%, if I say I'm going to guarantee you an X percent return, ask yourself a simple question. Why would I be doing this? The reason I'm doing that is because I'm making more than 4% and I'm only giving you the 4%. I'm taking your money, I'm investing it. Even if I'm only making 5% off your money, I'm making 1% that I'm keeping and giving you back for. But I use your money to do it. 
I had no skin in the game. So that's a 1% free money for me. Okay? So when anybody says, you invest this vehicle, we're going to guarantee your return of this amount. Understand, they are making more money. Ain't no business in America in business to lose money. Ain't no bank, ain't nobody trying to lose money. If they are guaranteeing you any return on anything, any investment return, whatever it is, if they are guaranteeing you a percent, trust me, they have figured out a way to make a whole lot more off your money. And I'd rather invest your money than my money. Just understand that. Now, some people are safe with that because they say, well, you know, I don't have any self-discipline. And, you know, for them, it works out, you know, because they know I can't do it myself. Um, but just understand what you're paying for. By not having that self-discipline, you you're, you're, you're paying somebody else to be your discipliner, to be your mother with the stick beating you to make sure you do what you're supposed to do. So when you start talking about investing in an insurance policy, you're looking at the, the, the cash value built up. Now the question becomes, you have to start looking at the difference in the premiums. What would you pay for a term policy versus the premium you would pay for a whole life policy? And the whole life policy is going to be a lot more. Now, so then you ask yourself the question, if I took the difference in those premiums and I invested it in the stock market, and, I, yeah, you could lose money, you know, let's be real. But on your whole life policy, again, are they guaranteeing you a return? Because they're most likely putting your money in the stock market and making, trying to make more money off it and paying you back whatever. Um, so you can lose money on both sides. But usually over time the stock market goes up. So if you took that premium, the difference in that premium from a whole life and a term policy, and you invested it yourself, put it in your 401K at work, put it in an IRA, put it in something, a treasury bill, something that's relatively safe, um, and did that. Again, it goes back to that issue of self-discipline. If you did that, you would make more money than you would get that cash value. Now, they say, well, you can withdraw, you can take loans against your cash value and pay for things. Yeah, you can take loans, and I think those loans are tax-free. But you're being charged interest to put it back. And if you have a whole life policy that builds up a cash value, and you take out some of that cash value to do different things, and then you die, it is with that cash value that you withdrew is, is, is reduced from the ultimate payment on your debt. What if you're just not comfortable investing in the stock market because you don't understand it or you're, you're scared? That's why you watch this show. No, seriously. Um, understand this. If you give your money, here's the thing. You give your money to the insurance policy. Uh, where do you think they're investing your money? They're investing it in the stock market. Now, you, the other thing you have to worry about is there's no diversification you know, they may be diversifying your funds, but you don't know. You don't know where they're investing, and you're putting all your money with that one company. But, Kevin, all kidding aside, that is a very, very, very valid question. And part of the reason that I do this show is because a lot of people are scared of the stock market. I'm not telling anybody to run out there and throw their money at it. What I hope is that if you understand it more, you will be more comfortable with investing and things that you decide to do. But what I, what I want to do is make people more comfortable with investing because it, 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 it's a risk. It's a gamble. But the alternative is to put the money in the, 
Safe Bank and give the bank an interest-free loan. And guess what they're doing with your money? They're invested in the stock market. They're just not giving you none of it back. But that is a very, you know, that is a very, that's the, 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 the foundation of a lot of the things I talk about on this show. Um, and that's why I always try to help people understand um, the stock market. Now, I've got about a minute and a half left. But what I want to tell everybody who's listening in, um, you can hit me up on Facebook if you got any questions on money. I'm always looking for ideas of what people want to hear about. I have no problem going and doing the research. Like this time for insurance and stuff, I got pages and pages of research that I did um, on, on the Internet. I didn't cover everything, but I got a lot of research. If there's something you want to know about, if there's a topic you want, to dis- want me to discuss, please feel free to hit me up on Facebook. Um, or, you know, a lot of y'all know me. So hit me up. I'll do the research, and we'll talk about it. I, I'm, I'm willing to do that. Why? Because I learn. So anyway, got about a minute left. Ran through a lot. Um, we didn't really cover too much of insurance. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll pick that up in the next show a little bit more, ins- insurance as an investment vehicle. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but I mean that. I, I appreciate your questions, and if you think of something like two days from now, just hit me up with it. And, you know, you can direct message me, put it up on the Secret Math and Money page on Facebook or whatever. I would be more than happy to do the research. Um, part of the reason I do this show is because it makes me do my research, things that I need to look at. And, you know, I don't have that self-discipline. So what I'm doing is forcing myself to have that self-discipline, okay? So I appreciate everything. I, I thank you, everybody, for your questions, your thoughts. Um, we'll be doing this again in two weeks, every do the show. But with that, I'm going to end this. Um, but really, if you have any other questions, please let me know. Take care, everybody. Have a good week, and we'll talk soon. Bye-bye.